Today's show sounds a little different, doesn't it? Yes, it doesn't sound nearly as good. My amazing podcast producer is under the weather. It may even be the coronavirus. So I am releasing this with no editing. It's just going to be a raw file, but I felt like it was really important to still reach out to you guys. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, but I have been, quite frankly, too depressed. With everything that's going on, it has made me really sad, really scared, um, really discouraged, really confused. Maybe you guys are feeling some of those same feelings. And I thought, you know, the one thing that would really help this situation if I was able to connect, you know, to reach out and talk to my podcast listeners, or even this might be a good time to launch affordable interior design TV when people need content, people need distractions or communication. Cause I know as an extrovert myself, I am feeling pretty lonely, but unfortunately I just wasn't up to it. So finally I'm rallying. I am feeling up to it and I wanted to share with you um, just a quick update on the podcast producer. I think she's going to be just fine, but she is severely under the weather. So there might be a few episodes that uh, are not as good sounding as they usually are. Bear with me. And I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope that whether you're a small business like ours that's deeply suffering, whether you're someone who's in quarantine, whether you're someone who's been personally impacted by this, or someone who's an employee and out of work. I mean, there's so many dynamics at play, and um, it's a strange time. And I hope that this all turns around, calms down, gets back to normal very soon. Now, to just change topics completely, on a much, much lighter note, I wanted to share some exciting news. I I still think there's reasons to celebrate. My poor son had his birthday amongst the chaos, and we should still have moments of celebration, certainly moments of celebration that are in quarantine or isolation, but I'm going to celebrate with you guys right now because this month marks five years of podcasting. And that's a pretty big milestone for me. I know many of you guys have been listening since the beginning, or maybe you've recently heard about me, but people tell me, Betsy, I went back and binged all your episodes. And that is so cool because as a podcast appreciator myself, that's exactly what I do with my favorite shows. So I know how you feel. I know how exciting it is when one of your favorite shows drops a fresh episode. And I also know how much work goes in to creating a podcast, how much time, energy, money, and with me, luckily a support team. And, uh, and so I just wanted to celebrate that. Hooray! Five years. So I thought the theme of this episode should be a look back at those five years and just celebrating best moments, worst moments, favorite projects, things that I foresee on the horizon. So it's a top five list kind of show. All right, let's start with the best moments, the top five moments from the last five years. Now, I'm not just going to highlight podcast moments because, 
You know, it's hard to even know what resonates as a podcaster because you don't get that immediate interaction. So you guys don't tell me, hey, Betsy, that changed my life or hey, Betsy, you saved my renovation. So those would be my milestones. And I hope those are some um, of the impacts that this podcast has had. But personally, I have experienced some exciting moments and I want to share those with you. I've also shared some of them on the podcast. The first would have to be, in no particular order, by the way, the launch of the Academy. My entire philosophy, as you guys know, is that people should be able to interior design. It is not something that you have to have a magical eye for. It is not something that only the gifted can do. I hate that crap. Interior design is a series of proportions, rules, mathematical equations, and other guidelines that you can learn. And if you want to become an interior designer, you should be able to. Now, that is a belief that I have espoused for years. It's my own personal philosophy, considering I didn't go to design school. But I've also been sharing that with the designers who work for me for so, so many years. And it was really exciting to have this dream come to fruition in 2019 of launching the Academy. I am loving watching these new designers learn, grow, think about starting their own businesses, launch their own websites. I can't wait to share some of their stories with you in the coming weeks. But I just want to stress how exciting that is for me because it really is proof positive that my philosophy is correct. I've known this for years because like I said, I live the truth, right? I'm living the experience of not having an eye for design, not going to interior design school and being a successful interior designer who transforms lives and homes every day. Speaking of that... Well, maybe I'll come back to that in another episode, but I think now more than ever um, during this pandemic, when so many of us are isolated at home, you can see how interior design does make a difference. When I got into this line of work, you know, people think it's a luxury and it's not. I got into this line of work after September 11th, looking to change lives. And I'm reminded again at this time that that's what interior design can do. So if you've been dreaming of having an interior design career, but feel like, you know, maybe it's not a viable way to make money. Maybe it's not important. Well, you are wrong. As somebody who's been sitting in my house for days now and maybe for weeks to come, I realize how vital it is to have a home that's not only functional, that functions as a schoolroom, as a home office, as a safe space, but that's also beautiful and calming so that I can really go back to Zen in these turbulent times. So anyway, launching the Academy, big deal, big dream. Thank you for supporting it. Let's move to the next one. The next one was releasing my books. Again, that's a way to get my philosophy out there. I really want people to have this information. I really want people to be able to design with confidence, whether it's their own home or whether it's a home for a client. And I feel like what I put in the books that were released in 2015 and 2018, and yes, they're the same book. One is just an updated version and a paperback. Uh, I do think that the latest version, because I was able to to tweak some tips and change all the photos is my favorite version, but there is something about that original book, Big Design, Small Budget, and what it was able to bring to me in terms of spreading my message. 
The next thing I think that would be a best moment is um, that one of my clients who uh, worked with us when we designed her apartment in New York, it was actually a Pierre Terre because she's based in India. And after she had a great experience with that, she said, hey, why don't you guys virtually design my palace in India? So we did that. And then she said, hey, why don't you guys come to my Pierre Terre in London and transform that? Well, she flew me over to London and I was able to transform it in person. And I had never been to England before. And it was such a fun way to fuse my passions of travel and interior design. It made me feel like a baller. It was awesome. And her apartment was so sweet. And she let me stay there while I was transforming it. In the basement, there was a pool. It was in the center of everything. I was walking and buying things and looking at all the stores in London. And sky was the limit in terms of budget. It was so fun to pick up everything from loofahs to forks to napkins to pillows. It was really quite a special time. I think I was only there for four or five days and had to transform the entire space. So there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of work, but I was able to carve out a couple of days just for sightseeing. And Fusing those passions was a really unique experience. Now, high-end designers get to travel all the time. So that's something that I hadn't really gotten to glimpse as a residential retail interior designer, and it was tons of fun. If you ever want me to travel and come to your place, just let me know. The other thing that has made my top five is recording from my storefront. So in 2015, we moved to Westchester as a family, and I closed my storefront in Brooklyn, which I loved, and opened this storefront in Dubs Ferry. And I had to fight for this space. First of all, it's small town. Uh, it has a main street that is not thriving, lots of empty storefronts. Um, it's right next to New York, so it's surprising that it's so quiet, but I had my eyes on this one particular storefront, and I really wanted that one. It had these bumped out windows in the front. It was right on Main Street and Elm. It's a perfect intersection to watch the world go by, and I am a major people watcher. But the real estate agent was like not getting back to me. Nobody was getting back to me. And I was every day calling, um, you know, there's so many storefronts for rent. Why aren't these people picking up the phone? But nobody would get back to me. Finally, I was able to figure out who the landlord was. I called him. Of course, he didn't get back to me, but I found him on Facebook and I wrote him a message. <laughs> and then his wife saw my message on Facebook and said, hey, why are you messaging my husband on Facebook? Well, one thing led to another. I was able to explain to her that I was only interested in his property, nothing else. And um, I had to fight tooth and nail, but working out of this storefront has brought me such joy. As an interior designer, you don't really need a brick and mortar. If you're not selling retail, which we're not, you typically just go to people's spaces to both you know, take the measurements and have the design appointments and to reveal their presentation. In fact, at Affordable Interior Design, we reveal their presentation on the phone. So we only really are on site every now and again when we're visiting clients, and the rest of the time we could be in our jammies. But 
as an entrepreneur, it can be quite lonely to work from home. And also it's really nice to have a change of pace. And this storefront is so charming, so large, right in the middle of everything. And it helps me to feel connected to my town. It helps me to feel more professional. And it's also just a manifestation of that little dream when I was peeking in the window and hoping it could be mine and reaching out. Uh, And that every day has been a real gift. And then lastly, on my top five, my expansion to Washington, D.C. It's the first time that I branched out beyond the New York area. And it's really been exciting to learn about a new area, to learn how the people in DC are different than the clients in New York. The spaces are different. Um, There's definitely been a learning curve because it was much harder to grow than I thought. And we're still working on growing it and helping it to thrive. But it showed me that there's viability and expansion, and it may be something I do again. Not anytime soon, especially with the current state of things, but my mind is much more open to it, and it was a really thrilling move. So now I'm gonna share my worst moments from the last five years. Uh, And unfortunately, these were much easier to come up with than my best moments. Isn't it funny how that happens? But I do think, as I tell my kids, when you have a big low, when there's a major problem, it's usually going to be a big opportunity to learn. So while I don't welcome these lows in my life, uh, they do stick with you because I really try and glean as many lessons as I can from them. And my first low that occurred to me as I was writing this list was this pandemic, this pandemic with the coronavirus in 2020. Not only are people losing lives, but people are feeling disconnected and it's practically decimated my small business. We've all but shut our doors for the next few weeks just so that we have the capital to reopen when this passes and hopefully it will pass soon. Unfortunately, my designers are on hold, which means that their livelihood is jeopardized. My livelihood is jeopardized, and we still hemorrhage money with just our overhead costs that we can't fully shut off unless we want to fully shut down. And it's been scary. As a business owner, you like to think that you have a a bit of control over things. And this pandemic has really shown so many of us that control is an illusion. And the problems that I thought we had yesterday are nothing compared to the problems that we face today. I'm excited when this whole thing blows over and hopeful that we can reopen and that it will also reopen my eyes to looking at different opportunities and different setbacks with a new perspective. Uh, Uh, The second worst thing that came to mind is something that having this podcast really saw me through. It was an amazing place for me to vent and share my experiences as I was going through this horrible time live. And as many of you longtime listeners will remember, that was the billionaire, oh, excuse me. That was the billionaire situation of 2015. So you guys might remember, because I shared so frequently the turmoil that I was going through, when I designed for a billionaire in New York City who was also a mentor of mine. He's a celebrity, and I felt like I knew him really well because I was so familiar with everything that he's put out, and I was a big fan. And then... um, 
by way of a couple random coincidences, I got to design his penthouse in New York City. Well, it wasn't actually a penthouse, excuse me. It was a duplex, excuse me. Um, we looked at several properties. He actually had me go look at the properties and advise him as to which one to buy. Uh, and he picked the duplex on Park Avenue. And that was the most intense series of highs and lows I've ever faced in my career. Certainly, I learned a ton of lessons. It was so painful, but I was really glad to be able to share those highs and lows on the podcast because it was very lonely going through it. I speak about it anonymously here, and I really didn't get to speak about it anywhere else. You know, at Affordable Interior Design, and most interior designers, you know, do offer privacy to their clients. So we don't talk about the projects. Um, we certainly don't give away any details that would reveal who the project is for. And uh, so that was a particularly lonely time when I could really only share what I was going through with my staff and my husband and with you guys. Another time that was rough that I shared a little bit about on this podcast, but I really went into depth on Open for Business, which was a podcast from Gimlet Media that I loved, and they asked for stories, and I remember submitting my story as I was walking through the pain. So this was 2016, and my biggest competitor in New York City became venture capital backed. They got a $20 million cash investment. The name of the company was Home Polish. And that brought me to my knees because we had always been neck and neck. In fact, I uh, started my business before them. They opened up maybe three or four years after I had been in business. And they... um, They definitely crept onto the scene and I didn't care for their business model, but I was very aware with them, aware of them as I'd never had any competition before. And then I kind of followed their progress. So when they got that $20 million cash investment, I had just expanded. I had just hired some new designers and I was really excited to grow. And all of a sudden the phone stopped ringing. And I couldn't figure out why. I didn't actually know about this investment until I met with one of my entrepreneurial friends. And I said, you know, all of a sudden I'm having this really hard time. And she's like, well, you know why? I said, no, because I try and keep my eyes on my own paper. I try not to check in too much with my competitors because really you're only in a race against yourself. And if you can make the best business you can make, people will be drawn to it. That being said, you do need to be aware of what's out there. So I tried to stay aware, but not necessarily on top of it all the time. She's the one that delivered the news that they had gotten a $20 million cash investment. And that's the reason why my business was no longer thriving. Oh my God, that put me in a tailspin. And I had a hard time reframing my mindset, but when I did, I decided that we weren't going after the same customers anymore. I was going to pivot. I changed my branding. I changed my website. I changed my font. I changed my colors. I changed my pricing so that we were no longer competitors and I could reach a totally different market. And not only did that ability to pivot and be flexible in the face of adversity and radio silence, not only did that keep my business afloat, it has what has proven to be the most um, 
helpful trait as an entrepreneur is the ability to change, pivot, and grow. And I'm excited to say, even though, of course, you know, excited isn't exactly the word I should use, but Home Polish did close last year. And it feels good to have stuck to my values, to have stuck to my principles and stayed open with my mission, learned to compete in a different way and come out ahead. So I'm going to feel pretty good about that. Okay, so maybe that worst I could turn into a best too. Anyway, (laughs) and then lastly on my top five worst moments. Oh, I think this is only number four actually. One, two, three, four. Oh, well, I thought I had five. Um, When I initially published my first book, I was so excited. I pulled out all the stops. I reached out to every contact I had and I said, hey, I have this book coming out. Can I get on your show? Can I write an article for your newspaper, your magazine? I was really grassroots PRing it to get the most exposure because I had this release date and I was pumped. Well, my publisher sends me a preview of the book about a month before it's set to drop everywhere. So it's already in cartons. It's already been mass printed in China, but they send me one copy. And I realize as I open this book, you know, I'm trembling with excitement. I can't wait to see what's inside. And inside, all the colors are off. Uh, When I'm calling something green, it's actually yellow. The pictures are bleeding off the page. There's several pages in the middle of the book that are just blank. There were huge formatting issues. And I had gone with a professional publisher who had approached me, right? And it was really um, discouraging. And I had to threaten to sue them. We had to pull all the books. They told me they pulled all the books. But later, I even saw a few of those copies in Barnes & Noble. None of the PR opportunities that I'd lined up for myself were willing to wait until the relaunch. And so I had to go on all these shows and be excited about a book that wasn't even available. It was a really depressing time because for any of you guys who have created a book or worked on a really huge labor-intensive project, you know that all the work feels worth it when you reach the finish line. And when you've done your job and reached the finish line and say the publisher hasn't done their job, it's really devastating. And ultimately, they did release a new edition about five months later, four months later, and it was beautiful. But of course, there's no buzz. Nobody really heard about it. I had my book launch party with no books um, because I couldn't undo all the work I'd done. And that was kind of disappointing. Let's see. I'm left here with a number, no number five. Worst moment. That's another worst moment. Hmm. I don't know. I think, I think some of the worst moments just come from generally having a business. The highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, there's nothing like it. But whenever you have you know, employee issues or client issues. There's something so demoralizing about it that it can feel like the worst day, even though it's a small blip on the radar ultimately. And I think that's that's maybe part of it. I know that's not one thing, but I'd say day to day, that's the thing that looms. It's just something can always pop up. 
something that can always pop up. And I've really been excited to see how I've grown as an entrepreneur that those things don't really jar me anymore. You know, we've had some really cheap competitors pop up on the marketplace, people who are charging less than $50 for a redesign. And of course, their motives and um, that designer experience is not exactly what I would consider a professional experience, what I would consider an authentic, um, ethical interior design experience. But um, things like that pop up, and I've been really excited that I don't let those things rattle me like they used to. They used to bring me to my knees, and luckily, through talking with other small business owners, through joining small business organizations like your local business chamber or like women entrepreneur groups or just entrepreneur groups in general, I have found so much support and perspective, and I feel much more large and in charge now. And so I'm going to wrap this up right there. I think I'm going to do a part two because I actually have two more top fives that I didn't get to share with you, but this has already been a pretty long episode. Thanks for coming along with me on this ride. I am really thrilled to see what's next. I've got five more years in me. And I hope that this podcast will continue and thrive. And I wouldn't be here without you guys. So I appreciate your listenership. I hope that everyone is safe and well, and that we can weather this storm and have five more amazing years together. So until we speak again, guys, please, please um, wash your hands, cover your mouth when you sneeze, and love your family because that is another bright spot that has come from this is now that my company doors are for all intents and purposes shuttered, it's been really nice to be fully present with my family, to homeschool them, to take them for walks, to watch them learn, to spend extra time with my husband having a rummy cube tournament. Uh, These are the things that really help you remember why it's all worth it. All right, guys, until next time, bye.